coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Gapkiewicz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. This podcast is brought to you by EBITDA Growth Systems, where we guarantee to double the value of your company within three years or give you your money back. Good day, Dave. Good day, Michael. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I uh, I had the Amazon man drop me some clubs this weekend. What kind of clubs? Like uh, uh, you, clubs. you getting back into baseball? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no golf clubs. You know, I uh, I had some clubs from 1998, and um, I was amazed at what has happened in golf club technology since 1998. Isn't golf club technology is amazing what has happened. I have an old set of TI bubble shafts from 1996, I think. Holy molasses. That's what you're hitting with now? No, no, my son hits with them. Sorry, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, these clubs came in the the box, and I opened the box, and and I was running a are these golf clubs? I mean, it, they look like something other than golf clubs. They look like a whole bunch of hybrid clubs, yeah, they look huh? Like a bunch of hybrid clubs. Do you have any irons? Uh, they're all irons. I got pitching wedge through four, and then I got a driver. Did the pitching wedge look like a hybrid club too, or no? Like... No, no. As you got to the uh, you know higher higher clubs, it looked a little bit more like a blade. But boy, that four iron definitely looks like a five wood. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So, so it's a. Nice. I'm, I'm psyched. So um, technology impacts every aspect of our life, doesn't it? It really does. It's, it's uh, well, we're sitting here doing a podcast, and uh, thankful we have a good sound system and totally. and all that good stuff. So technology is our thing. Well, what are we going to talk about today, Dave? You know, um, we're going to be kind of basic and go right to how do you grow your business? I, I think a lot of people want to know. Okay, you guys tell me what to do right, what to do wrong. Well, let's talk about how to grow your business today. What do you think about that, Michael? I think it's a timely topic because, uh, you know, we're going to see an end, hopefully, to this COVID and the impact it's having on the on the uh, business environment. And uh, there will be companies that didn't make it and offer an opportunity for those who did make it to, to make some hay, but you got to have a plan. Absolutely. It's, it, it, I think you'd start with a plan. So... And you start with a plan by asking questions. I mean, uh, here's a question for you. I'll go first. You know, how much does your business cost you every day? Really cost you? I mean, a lot of people don't dig down to what does this machine cost every day? Every day? Are you kidding me? Most of the companies we talk to don't know how much their business costs them from year to year. Or month to month. Or month to month. Certainly not day to day. And it's all about understanding what your business is costing you every day because if you wait till the end of the month, the month has passed. There's nothing you can do about what happened. That's right. That's right. So so take your pen and paper. It's one question you gotta ask is how much your business how much does your business cost you every day? Another question is is how much profit do you need to make to hit your personal goals for your business? Say how much money does your business need to have in its hand? at the end of the year, at the end of the month, at the end of the day, for you, the business owner, to hit your personal goals, right? 
Well, you know, what we've seen is a, a 1%, 2% profit apparently is enough because, you know, some of these companies have been doing it for 10 to 15 years, just, just minimal profit. So how much profit do you need to make? Well, you know, my estimation, Dave, the, the number should be gaudy. The number should be huge. Yeah, if you're not shooting for a 20 plus percent on your net profit, you're selling yourself short. I mean, really, I think, uh, think of this, 2% on a million dollars is only 20 grand. And today we can't even make house payments on that. No doubt. And how much time, energy, expense, liability have you undertaken? Well, a million bucks. If you're doing a million dollars in business, you have, you know, take $20,000 away from that. So $980,000 in cost. That's, I'd call that liability. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> it's just not worth it. You know, another one, Mike, I got, uh, I got a lot of them here. How much do you need to sell as a total to make your total revenue target? I mean, so once you know what your business costs you and you know what your personal goals are, okay, fine. Break that down to a percentage and figure out how much money does this business overall need to bring in? What, what do my sales need to be, right? Sure, sure. I remember uh, I had an electrician that... Uh, two-man shop, and uh, Dave, they were charging, I think, $85 or something to, to do a service call. And uh, he was so pleased at how many service calls they'd done, and he was just like, what do you think about this? And uh, I'm telling you, in two minutes, I explained to him how between his time to do the work, the time to travel to and from, the wear and tear on his vehicle, that he was paying people to go to their house and do them a favor. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, and, and the normal service calls about 230 bucks for someone just to yeah. show up at your house. So uh, he's leaving, what, $150 on the table, and, and that's uh, that's not good for his family. I mean, and you know, if you wind up rolling in money, um, all that means is you're doing a really good job and a really good value. Just because value, the word value and the word cheap, don't they are not the same. Please, if, if you ever hear anything that Mike and I say, value and cheap are not synonymous. So don't be cheap. But once you figure out your revenue target, you got to figure out how you're going to sell it. Right, Mike? Yeah, sell your product or service? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I mean, you and I do battle with that. I mean, every, every company, um, unless you have a patent, you know, and that's what a patent was designed to do, man. You don't have to sell if you have a patent. Well, I mean, if you have a patent, you still got to create some market desire for your patented product. Sure, you bet sure. still got to market it, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. So you could have a patent and put it in a jar, and you're never going to make any revenue off of that patent. Point well taken. Yeah, yeah you got to let people know what you have. Um, and so, you know, how am I going to sell it? Well, how do I even produce it? Yeah, and how do I produce it efficiently? Right? I mean, so all these are great questions to ask yourself as you're going to start with the plan. And and then the final one that Mike and I love to talk about, how do I back myself up so when that I'm gone, my business is still stable? What's your management plan? Or, or sustainable, right, for the next person. I mean, it's, it's not attractive if, uh, if it's not sustainable, if it's not repeatable. If I'm going to buy your business, I'm looking for... I don't really care about your business. I'm looking for an income stream. That's right. And if the income stream is non-existent when you come off the table, then... So is your buyout price. Yeah, your buyout <laughs> price. Yeah. So you know how to grow your business. Ask those questions. I think those are six really good questions to start with. Um, they always drive to your 
financial plan, your sales and marketing plan, your operations plan, your management plan. We we know those plans work, but all those questions are around that. They're just a sample of, of what we ask when uh, we're starting out with a customer. And uh, another thing, how do you grow your business? I mean, you got to understand what your employees need to thrive. I mean, what do you what do you think of that, Mike? Well, you know, if I had a dime for every time someone said, "Hey, um, my my machines don't make the money, the people make the money," I mean, they give lip service to that, and you go out there on the floor, and and the people are dejected, and they're you know not not engaged because uh, you know the boss hasn't left the office in six years. So I, you know, if if you really want to make money, the, the key is your employees, because a disengaged employee. He's going to make you ten dollars an hour. A highly engaged employee might make you thirty or forty dollars an hour. I mean, make you make you that much. It's you know, culture's culture. You have a culture, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. You have a culture. We talked about this last week with her, uh, their meeting with Marnie when she came in and talked about culture. And culture. If you have a culture of people that care about what they do. That won't that aren't afraid to put their name on what they're making or the service that they provide. You're going to notice teamwork. You're going to notice all kinds of things going on. And what your employees need to thrive. I mean, everyone goes right to money, right? Oh, I just got to pay them more. What's your thought on that? I mean, the uh, the research is just replete with um, data. Did you just say replete? Yeah, man, that's one of those seventeenth uh, century literature words. I think it What's just came. It just came out. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. That's, ladies and gentlemen, it's one of the things I love about Mike Watkins. I, it's like vocab word of the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, Replink. What does that mean? Yeah, it just it just means it's covered. Just the world is covered with people who think if I pay my people more money, they'll stay here. And a money is hygienal. So if I live in Boulder County and I have enough money to pay rent and go out to dinner from time to time and support my family, then I have enough money. And I think the research indicates across the United States, it's like $75,000 a year. In, in, in Colorado, it's probably more like 90, but... It's close to 95 in Colorado, to, but really Boulder, Boulder, Denver, Metro, bring that up. You go down to Colorado Springs, you go to areas in Weld County, it's completely different, but... Sure, sure. But yeah, it's in the 90s for sure. Yeah, yeah so, but once you hit that 90K number, uh, Money is is not a motivator at all, really. Well, I mean, anybody listening, if you get up and you're happy when you get to work and you look forward to going to work, what's that worth? Totally, it's totally. worth it's, it's not worth work anymore. Yeah, that's right. It's I mean, we do what we do we love what we do. I mean, I remember when we first got started, and uh, you know, it wasn't that we made much money, but we had so much fun. It was almost a lifestyle business. Yeah, yes, yeah, sort of like when you first got married, right? You had no money, but. Who cares? That's right. You're just swimming in love. Yeah. Life is so rich. Yep. Wendy and I were swimming in spaghetti. I'll save that story for another time. Okay, Did you know how much spaghetti a whole box makes? <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then there's teamwork, right? I mean, you know, so... Oh, teamwork makes a dream work. Doing, but yeah, I got to love who I'm doing it with, too. And, uh, you know, again, go back to you and I. We we are so different and we're so, so similar that it's just amazing, but it creates... Amazing teamwork that I think even um, infects those who come in and visit us. I mean, it's just it's just infectious. And um, you gotta. I mean, the best thing about teamwork is once you figure it out, you can leverage your friend or your teammates' 
uh, skills and their strengths and you marry those up with your strengths because no two people are identical right you have different strengths sure and when you play to each other's strengths like we do we really work hard at that yeah um you can accomplish some amazing things i I honestly i've been around business for 25 years you've been around business for about 35 years and there hasn't been a business that we have walked in that you and i haven't had like on the trip home ah we can do this this and this and this is what's gonna this is what's going to turn this business into a profit machine and really take care of the owner. I mean, it's, and when you, when you team up with somebody like that, I mean, there's no blessing like it. So, and that's why we lean into owners because oftentimes it's really lonely at the top. They need a team. Sure. Sure. And we give them that. And also Dave, I think grace is such an important piece of that teamwork thing, right? Because you come in and you, you had a bad day or I come in, I've had a bad evening and, and you know, so I'm just on edge or you're on edge. And, uh, and so you, you know, you acknowledge, maybe not orally, you don't say it to me, but you acknowledge, okay, Mike's a little on edge. And so you just give me grace. If I say something that I really didn't mean because I'm irritated or you say something you didn't really mean because you're irritated, part of teamwork is just, okay, we're going to give you grace there. Yeah. And we'll talk about it later, right? And anybody who knows me knows I need a lot of grace. I'm like, thanks. No, you know what I'm saying, right? I Absolutely. Mean, I mean, that, it's... You, Teamwork, I mean, you know, if you're playing basketball and there's 15 seconds left and you throw the ball at your teammate and he bobbles it out of bounds, that's not the time to you know, come down on him. That's the time to Team, give him grace. Teamwork, and this is something I have to constantly work at, and those who know me well know that I have to work at it, but teamwork does not mean being your teammate's best critic. It isn't about pointing out everything that's wrong. It's it's maybe asking questions around how you can help them make it right, mm-hmm. and, and and it's all about pulling the rope in one direction. And no no one other thing that's really missing is communication, clear, unambiguous communication. I mean, how many times do we see where communication is a big damper to <laughs> get your employees to thrive? Well, people don't know how to communicate and. And, you know, Dave, you and I talk about this all the time. A huge piece of the communication equation is uh, the ability to listen. And, you know, people just don't know how to listen. So if you can't listen, you can't communicate because that's that's such an integral piece of the whole communication puzzle is uh, listening. So, um, but if you can give clear and unambiguous expectations and make sure the person you're giving those to understand what you're saying, um, you know, then, then communication becomes a real asset for you. But that's that's how you make employees thrive. Communicate, create a team and culture, and realize money is a byproduct. Because when you got a good culture and a good team, those employees are going to make you money. And if those employees are really making you money, you're going to want to pay them a little bit more. It's it's kind of a it's the Chinese finger trap. You just got to keep leaning into it, right? Sure, sure. So, well, what does the customer fit in all this thing? Oh man, um, anytime you build a business, if you're smart which I know a lot of you guys listen to this are, um, you build a customer-centric model. You got to figure out what the market is telling you they need. Do they need a quick response time? Do they need certain kinds of technology? Do they need you to make certain kinds of parts? Do they need you to produce certain kinds of reports? Do they need a certain kind of employee in your business? It's all about what's marketable and what you can lean into with the customer. But if your business isn't all about the customer, the customer is not going to be all about you. 
Most definitely. One of the first things we do when we take on a client is we say, hey, let us survey your customers because we need to figure out what your customers are saying about you because you apparently don't know. I mean, when we ask you, you don't know. Well, we have, they keep sending us orders. Well, they're going to send you orders until they don't send you orders anymore. But if you reach out to them and ask them, how are things going? What can we do to help? Um, what can we do to improve? Um, they're busy, but, uh, you know, they'll find time and they'll give you some valuable feedback and then you have to do something with it. That's right. That's right. you got to have a customer-centric model for sure. And, you know, the last thing we'll talk about is regardless of what your business is, Mike and I want to urge you to lean into technology. I mean, if you're, if it's 2021, if you're leaning into technology from the 1980s, how do you think you're going to compete with the guy that has the technology from 2020? Yeah, Dave, there's a, there's really no excuse because, um, you know, gone are the days where you had to pay some obscene amount of money for a license and then they send you a CD or something and you load it on a, on a server in the closet. And I mean, you know, technology was just so expensive from a information technology standpoint. But today, you know, you just pay $30 a month and you get a, um, an online access to, you know, to, to the technology that you need. And it's constantly being updated. And I mean, technology, uh, as it gets more and more sophisticated, it gets cheaper and cheaper. And, and if you're it, not availing yourself of that, you just... A great, a great example, is I, I remember back in the late 90s, of the first seat of Mastercam that I got was, uh, it was like 25 grand. And I'm like, uh, I may need to take out a loan to get this. <laughs> I mean, it's software. And, uh, you know, Autodesk is working with this Fusion 360. And they're getting that out to market, 800 bucks, 1,000 bucks for a seat of this stuff. I mean, you're talking one twentieth the cost yeah. of the number one person in the market, and this is tied to Autodesk, which is AutoCAD, and and all the things that go with that suite. I mean, it's almost ridiculous. And people are like, oh, you can't do true uh, five axis, and you can't do three D surfing. And you know what I'm finding? I'm finding out that isn't true. So technology is getting cheaper. Oh yeah, man, it's getting cheaper, and uh, it's getting cheaper, and it's going to cost you more and more. Unless you move to that cheaper technology. So. It's so much more than that. I mean, what about your employees back and their health and their well-being? I mean, old technology is heavy and hard to move, and and it doesn't move as fast. So if it doesn't move as fast, it means you're not generating revenue as fast, which means you're not making as much profit. Because sometimes holding out and not investing in that technology is much more expensive than spending the money and investing in that technology. Yeah, yeah, we... We do have a couple of clients that just love to buy technology and, and you know, our initial reaction is, you did what? But then, you know, you pull back a couple <laughs> layers of the onion and you're like, okay. Yeah. You know, some you people. got some catching up to do with the technology, but at least, you know, you you got to catch up as opposed to, you know, pull it in from behind. You know, those people that have a crazy customer-centric model and... And one of the things, understanding what your employees need to thrive. I mean, sometimes when you drop technology on the floor, your employees, it's a shot to morale, right? And we've heard that a million times. And we have, we have a client, you know who you are, that, uh, you know, sometimes we show up and it's like, did you get that? Was that here last time we were here? And they're like, like well, yeah, but come here. I'm going to show you something else. <laughs> but you know what? Son of a buck. I mean, when it comes to a difficult part or something going on, I mean, that, that company and that team in that company is doing a great job. It's hats off to them and their performance. 
but they lean into technology and are able to do things other people can't do, sure. therefore increasing their value. And they, uh, this company, you know, they, they bought into the technology play and, and they've increased their prices to, because they have new technology and they can do things that other people can't do. And surprise, surprise, uh, clients will pay for that technology. So I got to say this, I, I know we need to wrap up here, how to grow your business. You're asking questions about, you know, what your business cost. You know, how much profit do you make to hit your goals? You know, how are you going to sell things? How do you make things efficiently? You know, who's going to back me up when I'm not there? You, you see how employees are peppered through that? How to make your employees thrive? How do you make an environment where your employees thrive? Building a customer-centric model. Who's going to do that? Your employees, you and your employees. Lean into technology. Who for? For your customers and your employees. And you know, employees are, I don't know, they're so integral to your success and the business's success and the customer's success. And if you're in medical, the patient's success. Or if you're in space, the astronaut's success, right? So the importance of the people around this system and giving them good, good communication and a good plan to run with and investing into them, whether it's something special you do for culture or increased communication or some extra technology, um, guys, let's, let's lean into this a little bit. Let's grow our companies, make some extra profit, take care of your family, and then when your family's well taken care of, you know, I'm going to urge you to invest a little bit in society. There are things out there where people need a little extra money. Um, there are great causes to invest in, and making money is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, but when you're able to make a real impact on somebody else, that's really where the rubber meets the road. Right on there. Right on, Mike. We at EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.